Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, Commanders fans? It's Believe in Commanders. I'm Anthony Armstrong, and I have a special guest on the other side of the screen. New voice for you, but if you've been on the Believe Network, you've heard him before. We've got Mr. Sports Betting Analyst himself, host of Lock It In. We have Mr. Cam Rogers joining us. Cam, what is going on? Anthony, great to be with you, sir. Excited to talk a little Commanders versus Eagles this week. A lot of NFL storylines to track. It's a pleasure. Yes, indeed. I uh, good to have you on, and you joining us in a in a bit of a pinch. Good news, though. So I would just say congratulations to uh, to co-host Brian and his family, and his wife. Uh, so congratulations to you all. Uh, but we got to get into this first and foremost, Cam. Who's your basketball team? NBA or college? Um, either or, really. Maryland, as a proud alum of the University of Maryland, I all love right. my Terps. NBA, I'm kind of just a fan of the sport of the league. I don't really root for a particular team. Okay. All right. Well, my wife went to Maryland, so I, I am a, I'm a Terp by uh, marriage, I guess. I'm, a, I'm an honorary Terp, but basketball's back and, and bet online is going to remain your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and the easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events. As whether you got the NBA, you've got NFL, obviously, you probably got some college sports on there. Maybe uh, you got everything: uh, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head over to BetOnline.ag to join, and you're gonna get a fifty percent welcome bonus. Use our code Cam. Use our code Believe B L E A V. To receive your rewards, bet online. That is where the game starts. If you're looking on YouTube, it's scrolling across the screen. And if you see that it says Anthony Armstrong and Brian Murphy, we actually have Cam Rogers over here. So it's a slightly different voice. Still handsome, none the other. <laughs> exactly. Glad to have exactly. you in. I'm uh, the doppelganger for Brian Murphy today. That's the methodology we're going with. I'll take that. I'll take that. But let's let's just get started. First things first, obviously, in Commander's news, it's like a team that can't stay out of the news. Um, there's there's some little, you know, more stuff happening around the Commander's organization off the field. Uh, when you get into the Attorney General of, up in Virginia, uh, Cam, can you can you break down just the storyline overall? What's going on up there with the Commanders? Yeah, so the D.C. Attorney General was teasing, I believe, yesterday, a big announcement today being Thursday, and we have that announcement. So basically, the Attorney General has filed a civil complaint against the Washington Commanders, owner Dan Snyder, the NFL, and Roger Goodell for colluding to deceive district residents about an investigation into toxic workplace culture. So the evidence shows Mr. Snyder was not only aware of the toxic culture within his own organization, he encouraged it and participated in it. So that is the indictment right now on Dan Snyder and this collusion that supposedly happened between the NFL and the Washington commanders. So basically they did this internal investigation to like save face or, you know, make a PR move. And it really wasn't done in good faith or is going on in good faith. So that's where we're at. And I'm not a legal guy at all, Anthony, but 
My gut instinct says this is not a great look for the commanders, especially during a losing season right now and everything that they're going through. So, Yeah, it's definitely a, a sour point to add on to. It's been a pretty good you know, past four weeks, yes, coming off a loss against Minnesota, but I mean, the past four weeks on the field uh, have been pretty good for Washington. You got three wins in a row. You, know, you just lost a tough one against Minnesota, so I mean, you're three and, three and one uh, going midway through the season and sitting at fourth in the division, but you know, you still have an opportunity to win some games late, but it's just unfortunate to have just, you know, hear more news uh, of, of, of stuff off the field um, going on with the team. And this, it, it gets, it gets annoying after a while. Um, you kind of go, kind of go deaf to it. You know, it just sounds like a doldrum, just a little wah, 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 wah in the background. So if that gets out of the way, I like to focus on the stuff on the field. I like to right. focus on the game. You know what I mean? Monday night football. The bright lights and winning can always erase all of these headlines that you see, Anthony. So that is the truth. You definitely got to get uh, get some wins. Monday Night Football. That, that's a special, uh, a special, special stage. Literally, the entire country is watching you play. Um, and and in this game, Washington's trying to get a little revenge, trying to get a little get back. Uh, they're coming into this game as a eleven point dog. Mm-hmm. An eleven-point dog on the road Monday night in Philly. What are, What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you're the betting guy. You're the sports betting analyst. What do you, What do you think uh, about that opening line? Well, first of all, I'm talking to Anthony Armstrong, and we're talking about Monday Night Football, and I'm thinking about Donovan McNabb, that big throw down the field to you. That was a great highlight. I remember that. I think I was in like high school watching that game. My goodness, how <laughs> old are you? How are you making me feel old? Uh, but this game is interesting. Now, I've been talking about this with the commanders for the last few weeks and they are a gritty team with Taylor Heineke at the quarterback position. They are a different team with him at the quarterback position because he brings that different element of athleticism that Carson Wentz simply does not have. Now does Heineke make those boneheaded throws sometimes like Wentz? Yes, but he also can create a little bit more, I think in the pocket, outside the pocket, all that good stuff. So, you know, at first glance, you look at this spread 11 points, I think it's kind of big for an NFC East divisional matchup. But with that said, you look at the record for Washington in the last seven games within the division, one in six, Anthony. So not very Mm. good. And the Eagles have been very good at home so far this year. Obviously, they are undefeated, but they're coming off a game where they didn't look all that great. And I picked Houston to actually cover in that matchup, and they did do that against Philadelphia. So you have to wonder if the commanders – we're looking at that tape from that Thursday night game and saying, okay, let's use that as a blueprint to stay somewhat competitive in this matchup and try to steal a victory on the road. You know what they say about these divisional matchup games? You never know what can happen, but the Eagles are the Eagles. They've been great so far this year. They are 11 point favorites with good reason. So it's not too crazy to imagine, but you know, I think it is an interesting matchup for sure. And a game that I think the commanders have to win if they want any shot at a wild card. You definitely have to put this in the win column for Washington if they do want to you know, put, have a chance at making the playoffs, like you said. Uh, but the interesting thing to think about is this is a different team uh, than the week three matchup between these two teams earlier in the year. Like I said, the last four weeks have been very special for Washington. The defense has had six turnovers. They've created six turnovers. Um, the secondary is going to be a different look. Offense is going to be a different look. I think they've been more balanced. 
since that last matchup. But I think the numbers on passes versus run, there were 43 pass attempts for Carson Wentz compared to only about 21 or 23 runs. So that's not a ratio that you want to be in. And, and yes, they did go down quickly, 28-0 um, at half. But the team now, they're more balanced. And I think that that balance allows Heineke to push the ball downfield, create some more plays. And this is a matchup. I would expect Washington to cover this, but I can understand the 11 because uh, Philly scores so quickly and they can quick, you know, quickly jump on you and, and be up by 14 in, in no time. And, but 11, 11 seem, does seem a, a pretty bit, pretty bit big. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that actually got a little bit smaller by, by game time. You're absolutely right that this is a different commander squad as compared to that week three matchup as well. I mean, I remember Carson Wentz got smacked in that game. The offensive line was not very good in pass protection. It didn't seem like the commanders had an offensive identity at the time. And now they kind of do, right? You have Brian Robinson in the mix. Antonio Gibson's getting his touches still. I don't think J.D. McKissick is going to play in this matchup if my memory serves me correctly. He is questionable right now, so we'll see what happens plenty of more time here as practices go throughout the week for this Monday night football game. But I expect this to be a more competitive matchup for sure than the week three drubbing, if you will, that the Eagles put on the commanders. And again, like what you said to your point earlier this year, you know, win over Chicago, win over green Bay, win over the Colts probably should have beat the Vikings a week ago. And I picked them to beat the Vikings because I think the Vikings are seven and one frauds, to be frank with you. And I think they lose this week to Case Keenum anyway. But this is going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, what's the game plan on the offensive side here? If you are the commanders, I lean toward they want to try to quicken this game. And by that, I mean, run the football effectively and keep Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders on the sideline. And also when you run the football, Anthony, as you know, Players can't pin their ears back and tee off on third and seven because you're in those second and twos and third and ones type of situation. So I think that's the game plan on the offensive side for Washington. I love that. I love that recipe uh, over here on the show. I always put a recipe together and, and I would definitely say ball control is key. Uh, the running game has been huge for, for that team, even though it hasn't been as productive as as you would want. I definitely would love to see more yards yep. come from the running game, bump their averages up a yard, yard and a half from about 3.3 to four, four and a half. Now you really have something that you can just, you know, really just hand the ball off and, and just be physical with teams. But the balance in the play calling has been helpful. And Taylor Heineke taking care of the football is going to be big as well. Uh, and if you can keep that defense off balance, they love to pin their head, their ears back. They want to go back and rush that passer. And if they're able to do that, it, it leans into their secondary being aggressive and trying to get interceptions. So everything has to work in unison. Definitely want to run the ball. Definitely want to uh, screen these guys. And, and Brian was saying on our last show that Washington is really good. They're pretty good on first down, but their second downs aren't very good. Um, and so I think what they need to do is do some self-scouting and see what do they do on second down. What is more common for them? If they run the ball more so, probably go play action in that situation. Get away from some of those trends because whenever they found themselves in third and long, pure passing situations, especially against Minnesota, they didn't do well against that pass rush. And a lot of times Taylor Heineke got sacked. Yeah, and I think another thing, too, is you need to feed your top 15 in the NFL wide receiver in Terry McLaurin. He could be a top 12 wide receiver in the NFL. 
And so getting him the ball and allowing him to create plays, especially on one-on-one situations, I think it's going to be paramount in this game. And I think Washington has the potential to kind of make this an ugly game in the sense that this defense is actually okay and actually pretty good in some specific areas. So they're 15th in opponent yards per play, but they're also third in opponent third down conversion percentage and seventh in red zone defense. So if you stop Miles Sanders and create these third and longs here for Jalen Hurts, Seems like Washington's pretty good at stopping these third down conversion attempts. So I think that's another thing to sort of keep in mind as well. Washington's defense is starting to find itself. I mean, you probably leave that Green Bay Packers game with ultimate confidence because you're telling yourself, we just beat Aaron Rodgers. And yes, the Packers aren't the Packers of old this year, but you still beat Aaron Rodgers multiple time MVP. And I think they're starting to get that mojo a little bit there. So watch out for that on Monday night too. And, I think we've learned with these primetime games at times, Anthony, and you can speak from this from a player's perspective, they can be kind of wonky. Now, Thursday night football in particular is pretty wonky at times because of the routine just kind of goes up in the air, right? Shorter week, what have you. But you never know with these primetime games, especially Thursday and Monday. Yeah, Monday nights, you you rise to the occasion. You generally do. Um, And then sometimes you see teams try to get a little bit too cute, try to do too much. Um, You know, a guy spends his – Maybe it's his first Monday night uh, game, and he's just trying to make an extra play because his mom was in the stands or something like that. That stuff happens. That stuff happens. But speaking of the defense, the one guy that I've kind of circled and I think he's going to make an impact in this game as he has as of late is Benjamin St. Juice. I think that his size and his physicality will match up well against A.J. Brown. Now, I don't necessarily think he's going to shut A.J. Brown down and not allow anything to him. A.J.'s going to get his yards. He's going to make some plays. But being able to have a a cornerback that could match up to him physically, 6'2", versus, you know, 6'2", 200-and-some-odd pounds, A.J. Brown's a beast. Uh, Benjamin St. Juice is going to be able to help slow that guy down and and maybe take away, uh, you know, uh, A.J. uh, Jalen Hurts' first uh, throwing option. Uh, So look out for that matchup as well. And that defensive line, they've been playing out of their mind as of late. And eventually they're going to get Chase Young back. So that's that's something that the Commanders fans can look forward to down the line. Yeah, stay tuned on the updates with him. And the more bodies in that front seven for Washington, the better. Because I think you can make the argument, Anthony, you're playing up against the best offensive line in the NFL. Jason Kelsey has been probably the best center all year long. We know how good Lane Johnson is at right tackle. Uh, Landon Dickerson has been great at left guard so far this year. If you look at pro football focus, I think they have the Eagles at number one, maybe the Chiefs at number one, Eagles at number two. But the point is, you know, you have St. Juice in the back end there. But if Jalen Hurts has time to pat the football, I don't care what cornerback you are. I don't care if you are primetime Deion Sanders. Eventually, the wide receiver is going to get open. So pass rush is very, very important. Uh, for Washington as we go here and to your point they're playing a lot better and we were waiting for that right I mean there's so much talent on that front seven for Washington a lot of money and draft capital going into this that you were waiting for that moment for this squad to get good and we're starting to see that so I think the return of Cam Curl 
is, a, is something that you can put an asterisk by. Uh, when he got back into that defense, I think it brought a, a level of calm. It brought some steadiness uh, to have his presence there on the field. And the past couple of weeks with Cole Holcomb out, Cam has taken over the the blue dot, uh, the blue dot, the green dot duties of, of actually having the communication with the sideline, taking the plays and making those calls. So he take Jamin Davis, who just gets to go out there and play football. And he hasn't been having to make the call since his rookie year. Uh, Cam Curl gets to make those calls. I, I feel like there has to be some familiarity in that voice that's helping get everybody aligned. Jamin Davis has been playing a lot better and, and the unit as a whole has been looking a lot better. I mean, especially they did move move on from William Jackson, sent him over there to Pittsburgh. So yeah. uh, that move was was key, and it's one of those addition by subtraction things. I, I think St. Juice um, start it starting inside during this during training camp and all off season. I feel like that really has to help as you transition to go back and play outside. Once you start to understand the inner workings of a coverage, uh, how you, how the slot affects it, you can see how it helps you on the outside. And I think he's a much better player for having that experience. Yeah, really going to be a fun matchup there. A.J. Brown is going to be a tough test for sure. One of the elite wide receivers, I would argue, in the NFL right now. And not to go back to the news that isn't on the football field, but Anthony, as a player, you see these headlines. Do they hang over your head at all, or is it easy to sort of brush them off and focus on what's going on? on the Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24. Football field. I mean, you know, I think it's something that you can't avoid it. You know, you can't can't avoid. It. I mean, obviously, there's going to be people from the media that are going to ask yeah. about some of those things, um, but generally, guys don't know. You know, you know, guys don't know anything about that stuff. They're focused about Philly. They're focused on what their job is. Um, but there, there's a saying in in football where, you know, sometimes a coach will just run a random trick play in the preseason. And they're like, well, why would you do that? You're showing them the play. We're like, well, if I can make that that defensive coordinator spend five minutes <laughs> on that play, then that means they aren't spending five minutes on something else. And it sounds trivial, but when you're focused so much on your opponent, and it's a big game coming up on Monday night, and now you have to answer a question about some stuff that is totally outside of your you know, pay grade and wheelhouse, that takes away from your focus. And so it's, it's, it's definitely frustrating, but players are able to get over it. You know, they're like, Hey, I don't know anything about it. And then they move right. on. Right. Especially if you don't read too much into it. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of legal speak going on and like, I was struggling trying to understand what this all was anyway. So. Man, I, I swear. I think lawyers get paid by the, by the uh, character. You yeah. know, they, they, <laughs> they, they stretch everything. out. I, I remember doing that in school, man. It's like, how many words does this need to be? 
Can I like, like purple space this? Yes, can and not. I did not go to the every single word. Nothing in is essence, a conjunction. Yeah. Yes. Adding those. Oh my words. goodness. Learned learned how to use the, 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 the thesaurus. Can't say it though. Yeah. But I know how to use it. Oh goodness. Let's get out of this game. Let's get done with this game. We'll we'll talk about picks uh, a little bit later on. Uh, we released that picks episode uh, to, uh, on Friday. So. Uh, that'll come out on Friday, but if you're hanging out on YouTube, that happens on the end, so we'll we'll be able to hear Mr. Cam Rogers' picks. But let's go work our way. We'll stay in the NFC East because uh, you sent this to me, and this could potentially affect the NFC foe, a big foe for Washington. There's a receiver out there who has uh, whose name is popping up on potential, you know, joining a team here soon. He's coming off of an injury. He's a dynamic player. Where's thirteen? He's not me. <laughs> I'm not coming off an injury. OBJ. OBJ. Who who signs OBJ, Cam? Well, Micah Parsons certainly wants the Cowboys to do so. He publicly said that he would love OBJ to join the team and help in the Super Bowl pursuit for Dallas, a team that obviously looks like a Super Bowl contender right now. And the sweepstakes are on. I mean, I think OBJ has about four teams in his mind right now. The Cowboys are one of them. I think the Giants are another as well. So keep an eye on those two teams, the Buffalo Bills as well, a team that maybe will look into OBJ. So I think it would be really interesting if he does stay or at least come back to the NFC East here and play for the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, he wants a ring. And the Cowboys give him a good shot at doing that. And you can make the argument that outside of C.D. Lamb, like, do they really have a true number two wide receiver on that team. Michael Gallup is trying to be that guy. I don't know if he truly is. So I think OBJ could be that guy if he does sign with the team. And you know, Jerry Jones loves to make headlines and this would be a headline signing. So I think that the Cowboys should be the favorite to actually sign OBJ. And I'm sure bet online has some odds right now, but I think Dallas would be my prediction. Dallas is your prediction. I, you know, it is hard to think of of you know where would you put OBJ if you add him to a team right now, but the Rams did it and they got all the way down to the Super Bowl. So um, I guess you could find a way to put it. I mean, if he's a dynamic player and you expect him to make an impact, uh, that means that means they have complete faith in who he's going to be. He's going to show up and be able to affect the game. Dallas could use him, um, but my issue is I don't know if how that's going to affect the flow of the offense. Hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like um, if you you put him in there, is he such a dynamic personality that now Dak Prescott feels like he has to force the ball uh, to to Gallup, uh, not to Gallup, to to OBJ now to get him going, you know? So does it affect the flow? Does it affect the play calling? That'd be an interesting addition. Uh, Buffalo, it's almost like where do you fit in? Um, but I mean, I wonder if his if his mind changes now with Josh Allen's injury. Hmm. Um, you know, does he not want to go up there? Um, shoot, they it's cold. It, it it is very cold, very cold. Very, but he's I mean, hey, I guess he's figuring, hey, if I only have to play up here for a couple of weeks, uh, and then we're in the Super Bowl, then that's not too bad, right? Uh, but the return to New York, that's interesting though. That's interesting. I feel like that would be a wild. That'd be the dark horse for me. Well, they're a team that's winning too, right? The Giants are having really a surprise season so far and OBJ kind of seeing the injuries that are happening. 
with the Giants right now at the wide receiver position, it's actually pretty amazing what's going on. Players are in and out. No Sterling Shepard for the rest of the year, obviously. Darius Slayton is trying to step up and uh, Wandale Robinson and what have you. So I think there's a lot of discontinuity at the wide receiver position for the Giants. And OBJ sort of sees an opportunity to be that alpha. And that's what he's used to as a wide receiver in the NFL. He could be that guy for the Giants if he uh, were to sign with them. Cardarius Tony, by the way, is no longer on this team. He got traded to the Chiefs. So maybe a little bit of a hole there. Yeah, I mean, he, he would fit in. And I guess the the positive fact is he, he could say, okay, well, Brian Dable, you know, obviously spent time in Buffalo. So could you imagine that being similar type of style? Does he get to walk in and essentially be Stefan Diggs, mm-hmm. um, get some freedom there? But the other side of that, I think that the connection between Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, that's a lot of chemistry. That's more than just like, hey, uh, you know, hey, my name is uh, Odell. Um, I'm playing ball with you on Sunday. I don't, you don't just come up with some of that same feel and continuity. So uh, making that addition is, is going to be interesting to me. I think that it worked in, I think it worked in LA because LA was more of a system where it was you put a better player in there, the routes are going to be the same. You meant to hit on certain timing. Um, And a lot of what goes on in Buffalo seems to be more like a lot of options. You have the ability to kind of break routes off late and Stefan and Josh's feel and communication and connection. That's top notch in the league. So it's hard for me to see that happening on such short notice um, whenever, uh, if whenever OBJ shows up on a squad. Yeah, I would say, too, that to your point, the Rams have a scripted offense. You stick to the script and there's nothing too much that goes off script because you don't have a quarterback who can really do that. Talking about Jared Goff and then Matt Stafford now with Josh Allen, you can create whatever the heck you want. A lot of times those creation plays are going to Stefan Diggs. So I don't know what OBJ's mindset is going into this next team, too. Like, is he hoping to be that guy that gets 10, 12 targets a game or is he fine with being that complimentary piece? I don't necessarily know. And when you get to the mountaintop, if you will, of wide receivers, I feel like it's hard as an ego to kind of let that go that, you know, you still feel you can be that alpha on a team. So it'll be interesting to see what he eventually chooses. Obviously he has a lot of suitors out there, so he won't have an issue finding a team. It's just sort of finding that right one for him. Yeah. That I tell you, it's special, man. He's a special player. Um, I mean, you gotta you gotta commend him for all he's done in his, in his career, yeah, playing at a high level, multiple teams, um, amazing catches. So it's gonna be exciting. This has been one of the most exciting, probably year and a half, two year spans mm-hmm. uh, of NFL football that I can ever remember. I mean, you know, you're not that old, so you don't remember that far back. But yeah, this is this is pretty exciting football uh, from trades, from the playoffs, all that other stuff. A lot of parody. A lot of parody for sure. That is the that is the deal. We we mentioned on this earlier. Uh, Josh Allen has a little bit of an elbow injury. He's a UCL, a UCL injury that they have him as day to day. Is that is that the is that the latest? That's the latest. And day to day is coach speak for I have no idea. Like I mean. 
they're going to go with the motions and kind of create this cloud of mystery for the Vikings this week about who's going to play quarterback. But if I had to guess right now, I think Case Keenum is going to play at quarterback for the Bills this week. And listen, I still think the Bills win the football game because Case Keenum is a professional quarterback. I mean, he can make the throws and be a complimentary piece in that offense. Yes, it's going to be different than Josh Allen, but it's not like you're going from Tom Brady to like Blaine Gabbert. Like if that was who I was going to say, yeah, he's playing for the bills. I'd be picking the Vikings. Now this is an indictment too, in terms of the Minnesota Vikings, their defense is not good whatsoever. They were lucky to have beaten the commanders a week ago. So I think a loss is coming for them. And I think it happens this week on the road against a tough defense that should be healthier, especially in the back end. And listen, case Keenum just has to not screw up. So I think it'd be smart for the bills to kind of sideline Josh Allen, let him reset a little bit. But if he's good to go and they're going to trot him out there, then, you know, sounds like there's low risk for re-injury then. Yeah. I, I feel like the season is so long that you don't, you don't need to try to risk it. You know, this game against, in, against Minnesota doesn't, I don't really necessarily think it would affect them. You know what I mean? I don't even think it affects them that much other than, you know, obviously you don't want to lose games, but if I had to pick one to lose, hey, man, drop this one and, and make sure my quarterback is healthy. I'm trying to see how many times this guy's thrown the ball all year. Uh, how many times has he thrown the ball? I feel like this guy throws the ball a lot. Probably yeah. a lot. They don't run the football well. That's yeah. their MO. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be tough. And I, and I think uh, his injury takes away some of that luster of the, you know, Stefan going back to play against Minnesota or, you know, at least getting to play against his old team. So uh, it, takes, so it takes away some of that. But Josh Allen is a special player, and I'm upset because he's on our, he's on our fantasy football team. That's yeah, quarterback. there are a lot of uh, fantasy managers on the edge of their seats right now because obviously Josh Allen is a league-winning quarterback. And the quarterback position in fantasy, by the way, has been just absolutely awful, which is kind of bizarre because typically that's the deepest position in fantasy. So Josh Allen is certainly separating himself in that regard. But yeah, you better have a contingency plan, Anthony, at quarterback this week. I don't think he's going to go. So Man, is it, well, Brian, see, Brian, is he handles the front office of that and um i handle the on field so i get the, i get the <laughs> he gets the groceries i make the meals um so right now hey man brian help me out man give me somebody my man is questionable let's see here i found the attempts 298 hmm. 300 attempts already i i mean he threw it he threw it 63 times in miami he's gonna throw it just around 30 times the low is 25 and the highest sixty three. Now, I mean, that's a lot of slinging the ball. Mm-hmm. That is what it is. That's the game nowadays, man. That's the game nowadays. But I also feel you talk about the quarterback position being slow in fantasy. Well, I wonder if it's. I mean, out of all of these, like as many of these passing attempts, there the average is a lot lower. You know, I, quarterbacks don't throw the ball downfield as often as they used to. I mean, you see what two is doing, but he, he generally doesn't throw it that far and then they just do it the rest. So, uh, I mean, you see, you see where quarterbacks are getting paid the most because they have to distribute the football, but receivers are the ones here or now running backs. Anybody who just gets the ball into the end zone, 
those are the ones who are probably next up for the biggest paydays, and and that's really what's determining where this league is going. Yeah, I think it's a combination of really, really good edge rushers nowadays in the NFL and good nose tackles. And honestly, offensive line play these days, it's not like the 90s, you know, the hogs of the 90s who were just road graders. I mean, it's a lot different now in the NFL and the pass protection hasn't been that good overall. So I think, you know, these quarterbacks have to get the ball out of their hands quickly. They can't sit back there and pat the ball and wait for that deep shot down the field because they just don't have the time. Now I'm kind of generalizing, but that's sort of the 36,000 foot view of how I see things and why we're seeing less of the uh, yards per attempt. And even though we're still throwing the football a lot. Yeah. And I think defenses are being more, uh, well, first off, I've said it before that the, the, the play style kind of works its way up from the bottom, from high school to college to the pros, and those players come with it. So and you see a lot more slot fades, and those are things that you'd see at schools like Baylor. And they they really start that wide open spread system where they just get their fastest receiver to run a go route. And it, it spreads defenses out so much that they have to just choose what they're going to give up. And they say, we're not going to let you throw it deep. It's harder to drive the ball down the field for, you know, over 10, 10 plays. So uh, at making teams throw it shorter and then coming up and tackling, and that's, that's just the way the name of the game is now. But it's all glorified run game, you know. It's all glorified run game. Right. Uh, there's more seven-on-seven seven influence now. You know, you're finding ways to get – uh, the ball in the people's hands and, you know, creative situations and natural pick plays. And it's it's an interesting transition to see uh, see the league go through. But it's definitely a good time uh, for football fans. No doubt about yeah. it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, let's do this thing. Let's wrap this one up. I want to get just one last little nugget. What is your – if I got to lock it in, what is your one one point for this Commanders-Philly game? What is the major key for you for, for Washington for them to have success? Well, I think it's certainly not getting into a shootout, right? I mean, if that is the case, then the Eagles are going to win the football game, and they're going to win it handedly because that pass rush is too darn good. So I think the key is going to be if you are the Washington offense, you need to quicken the game. So I say a whole lot of Antonio Gibson, a whole lot of Brian Robinson, and I know this offensive line isn't elite in run blocking or anything like that, but you have to at least try. And so I think from the start, you got to smash the Eagles in the mouth and win on that line of scrimmage, especially on the offensive side. And that creates everything from there. You get those one-on-ones for Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin and off the play action and all that good stuff. And you keep Jalen Hurts on the sideline. So I think that is the key for me. And with that, I do have the Eagles winning this football game, but I do have the commanders keeping it within that 11 point margin. So the commanders cover, but the Eagles win this game outright. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. And uh, I've been, I would say I've been a homer or so on the show. I just try to look at ways and say in the best case scenario, if all of these stars align, how does Washington have success? So uh, my key, I'm going to flip and take it onto the defensive side, and it does still start up front. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, this defense has been bend but don't break, and I, I need them to continue to be that way. 
continue to be that way, if they can hold Philadelphia to three points as many times as possible, don't let these guys get into the end zone, it's going to give Washington the best chance at victory. I'm not mad at your uh, your assessment of saying Philly wins, but Washington can cover. I think that's probably what's going to go down. But to give Washington the best chance to win, uh, maybe it's a late Tyler Taylor Heineke drive, or yeah, I probably would, it probably would work its way to that more often if Washington can hold this Philadelphia offense to to three points. You know, they've they've been able to find more ways to win this season to 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 be undefeated so far. So. That's the key for me. What can that defense do to keep these guys out of the end zone? That's got to be – that's what you have to do. You got to buy your offense some time to to get rolling. Yep. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate you joining. Yes. I appreciate you joining. We're going to close this one out on the pod, but uh, we will stay on and do our picks. So if you're on YouTube, once again, stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. Let's make sure we check y'all out. Let you know this much. You can listen to us. On TuneIn Radio, we got Sirius XM Stadium. We got the little show on Stadium comes up sometimes. And all your favorite streaming platforms, check out Cam on his show. Lock it in with Cam Rogers. He's a sports betting, betting analyst. What else you got, Cam? You got anything else for him? I'm going live on Sports Map Radio tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Jam-packed show, talking Thursday night football. Blake Rafino joins the show, talks some college football. LSU beating Alabama. That was a big one. And, of course, I predict every single NFL Week 10 game. So, stay for that. Yes, indeed. And thanks to the folks over there at BetOnline. Make sure you go over there, betonline.ag. Use our code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get your 50% welcome bonus. Follow us on Twitter as well, folks. Believe Commanders. Guys, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.